0: this lesson for today in Psalm 84 popped up and it says this it says at the top of it it says this Psalm of David was written to extol the blessedness of those who dwell in the house of God and I have a suggestion for all of us let's not just visit the house of God on Sunday let's dwell in the house of the Lord every day every moment he said david said this as you go through that psalm he said how lovely is your tabernacle O lord of hosts you know why he puts lord of hosts up there the word for hosts when you look at the, that in the old testament and it says all the time the lord of hosts that word is sabaoth and it means army he is the general in charge of the spiritual army he And David was always facing battles. And so he is speaking to his commander in chief and how blessed is it to dwell in your house O lord of the army who protects me your angels surround me i remember one time the prophet was surrounded by an army and his little servant was standing beside of him and he was scared to death and he says what are we going to do what are we going to do and he says lord he says, don't you know that those that are with us are greater than those that are against us he said lord open his eyes so that he can and when he opened his eyes he saw the chariots of God and the army of God up there in the sky David's praying to the Lord of hosts and says God my general protect me how great it is to dwell within your house and your tabernacle and he says the sparrow he's got a nest and the little swallow he's got a home but as for mine mine is going to be my family upon your altar Our family is upon the altar of God and my dwelling is within your tabernacle. And I will dwell there. And then you know what he says? Then all of my house will serve and praise you. And then it says Salah. Have any of you guys ever been reading through the Psalms and seen Salah? And you just wondered why that was? Most times we even just skip over it. You know what Salah means? Because you see when, when David wrote these Psalms... He wrote them and played them and they was meant to be played on the different stringed instruments and on the harps and on the trumpets. Salah is a pause. A rest in a a musical symphony. And what it means is, I rest in the Lord. So every time you see the word Salah in the Psalms, it means a rest in the Lord. I am resting, I am laying this burden and prayer that I just said upon the Lord and I am resting in it. So now I want you to appreciate Salah every time you come across it there in the Psalms because that's saying I'm giving this over to God and I am not going to be burdened with it anymore. I am giving it to Him and I'm going to be in peace. And then, oh blessed is the man whose strength is in you, O Lord God of hosts, Hear my prayer, O God of Jacob, Selah. You know why it's Jacob, Selah? Jacob got his name changed, right? You remember that? He wrestled with the Lord, and his hip got put out a joint, and he said, I'm not going to let go of you until you give me a blessing. And he said, okay, I'm going to change your name to Israel. So, you know, whenever you accept Christ, you get a new name Revelation promises you that. You get a new name given unto you. He got a new name because he was now born again. And his name went from Jacob to Israel. Jacob meant cheater, supplanter, crafty, deceiver. Israel, El is God. And and Ra'el means God's prince. So he went from being a cheater, deceiver, to the prince of God. But every time then in the Old Testament when it refers to Jacob, you're recognizing the man I used to be. And I'm going towards the man I want to be. So sometimes he says he prays to the God of Jacob. And sometimes it's to the God of Israel. And when it's to the God of Jacob, it's to remind you and I of where we've been. And where we're going. So he continues his prayer and says, Give ear to me, O God of Jacob. And that's why, because that's my old man wanting to come through. So, Lord, take that away so that you can hear my prayer and you can see my face. O Lord, hear my prayer. You are my shield. Look upon the face of your anointed. Don't turn away from me. And a day, now listen to what he says. He says, Lord, one day in your court is worth more than a thousand in the tent of the wickedness. And what he means is, is one day in your house, in your tabernacle, one day in fellowship with you is worth more than a thousand days living in the pleasures of sin. Amen. And then he says this, he says, For the Lord God is my son and shield. He is my grace and my glory. And I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So he would rather be a doorkeeper for a day. Than in the tents of wickedness. Of pleasure of prosperity. For a thousand days. In that our prayer. Let's go to God in prayer. As we get ready to be challenged by his word. And father. As we, we humbly bow before. Your throne of grace and mercy. We pray to you. And we, we put a rest and a pause in here today say la we give our cares our burdens our troubles to you and we just turn our face towards you in joy and we want to know more about you father we're going to be challenged today by the things that we hear so father i pray that every heart can be opened that every mind can be focused and understand i pray that it will readily be built upon the framework of of our soul your word building a bomb shelter for us so that we with david can rest and pause inside of the bomb shelter of your word and nothing can affect us so father challenge us enlighten us and encourage us by the things that we are about to hear and we give all glory honor and praise to you and we pray that our worship this day is pleasing in your sight and glorifies you for the god that you are in jesus name amen praise god all right joshua 24 if you want to turn there with me joshua 24 god has brought them out of the land of egypt they've crossed over the river into canaan's land I'm on my way where the soul of man never dies that old song they've crossed over the lord has fought the battles for him he's 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 took the enemies out of the way they've got the land of promise their inheritance they've set down and they've divided the lands up according to The tribes, and then within that zone of the tribes, they divided it down into the families, and everybody's got their inheritance. And now the time is getting ready for people like what we do today to enjoy life and to be out there on your own and making your way. So he comes around, and he tells them this. He said, hey, today's the day. We've we've done everything. We're getting ready to go. But I want you to know this. God wants you to serve Him. God wants you to walk with Him. God wants you to follow His ways. He wants you to listen to His voice. He is desiring that you stay in His path. For God is a jealous God and He is a holy God. And He doesn't want to share you with anyone. He wants you to be His, Him to be yours. And He wants that covenant relationship with you. But he doesn't want you to eat of the goodness of his hand and the things that he does and then to turn your back on him and to serve other gods. Don't allow any of that stuff to happen to you. And then he says this in verse 14. He says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away all of your former life and the gods and the things which used to entangle you with. That your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. And now I want you to serve the Lord. And it seems evil to you. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. Then you'd better choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served. And that were on the other side of the river. Or of the gods of the Amorites in the land where they dwell. But I'm going to tell you something Joshua says. I'm going to tell you something straight up right now going forward. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord God. How about you? Are we going to make You've already made it if you've been baptized into Christ and if you're a Christian and you're a believer in him and that he is the son of God and that he arose and he died for your sin if, if you've done that you've already made this covenant with him. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But we're in a covenant relationship already. But leaving this day is just like Joshua telling us as you're getting ready to go out, decide this week who you're going to serve. Is as for me in my house, it's no longer the old man I used to be, but it's the new man God wants me to be. And as for me in my house, from henceforward, we're going to serve the Lord God. And I want to tell you something. They kept saying, we're going to serve the Lord. And he'll say, wait a minute. God's a jealous God. But didn't we tell you we're going to serve the Lord? And and they bantered back and forth for quite a while. And he's going to tell them, it's not about the emotion of the moment. We can sit right here and say, we said we're going to serve the Lord. But you know what? When you get out there and the rubber meets the road and the trials come. The pain comes. The temptations come. The heartaches come. It's a little hard to just say I'm going to serve the Lord, isn't it? And in me and my house we are because it doesn't always just go that way. And Joshua is telling them it takes more than just a word. It takes commitment. It takes perseverance. It takes Stick to itness, and if you're a redneck like me and you've heard Foxworthy in the past, they'd say, It, it no, on to. Well, you got to have some on to, you know what I mean? You got to on to if you're going you and your house is going to serve the Lord, you got to on to, don't you? You got to want to, you got to desire to, it's got to be a part of who you are with it. He says, You. You've got to serve the Lord and be challenged by this. And they said, we will, we will. We will serve the Lord God and we will obey his voice. You know, every time that God spoke to Moses or one of the prophets, it'll say the word of the Lord came to Moses or the Lord spoke to Moses and told him to tell the people saying. And that means the lord gave the word to him and he's supposed to teach it to them you know what that word of the lord is his word that we have now in writing the lord spoke it then he moved people to write it then but that word that voice of the lord is what we read and we have in that canon of scripture called the holy bible and so he says you need to obey and follow the voice of god and takes a commitment to do that day in and day out and you know what times are going to get tough i I think they're going to get tougher here real soon so we're going to have to make that commitment today and we're going to have to start going to that word and learning what that word is and banking it up in our heart and our soul to build a trust in god as david did as my lord of my army the one who's going to take care of me and nothing is going to happen to me now these tough times are coming I think and I think it's either a test for us and if we don't pass the test it could be the start of something that I wanted to teach you about a long time ago and I just other things kept coming up so evidently the timing was right for now because I didn't get to teach what I wanted to do I was led to bring you to the five cycles of discipline So that you could understand that. And what's called the law of the blessing and cursing of God. So because when a nation is coming under some things. It starts with the people. And it starts at home. If each home says I will serve the Lord God. Me and my house. Then every home is serving. Then that means the nation is serving God. And I want you to understand That all nations are under the authority of God authority is a thing that people do not like these days people don't want anybody or anything to tell them what to do what they must do what they have to do they want to do what they want to do and that's the problem in America today and a problem in a lot of our homes and and society but as the children of God go As me and my house go, so goes this country. And so goes either the blessings or the rejection of God upon a home, a family, and a nation. And so God says, don't expect to partake of my goodness and grace... And then turn and serve other gods and leave me high and dry. It doesn't happen that way. And I know that those folks on TV and I know that some of those guys don't want you to know that. They want you to be happy, jolly and keep sending your stuff to them. It don't work that way. It works this way. Me and my house are going to serve God and God says I will will bless you with some protection and with things he didn't say he's going to make you rich he didn't say a bunch of that he said i will be your god and i will protect you until the time that i take you and then you're really going to be blessed but we got to hear his voice every minute and as he spoke to him now here's this law and i'm going to start out in peter in the new testament for you because this is going on from genesis 2 this you follow me in the garden he said follow me listen to my word and you get all of this in the garden. You don't follow me, and the day you eat, you will surely die. And trouble came, and man has had to work by the sweat of his face and women in the travail of childbirth ever since. So there is a law of blessing and cursing that always goes with whether I follow God or not, whether he is my God or not. And Peter describes it like this, that know this, that God is not slack concerning his promises, but that he is long-suffering. You see, he's going to tell you in a minute that there's coming a day when everything in this world is going to be burned up with a fervent heat. Everything that you hold near and dear, your cars, your trucks, your houses, your everything, even your iPads, your cell phones, everything that you latch on to and that you think is so important is going to be burned up. There's only one thing that matters. Did you know Jesus Christ? Were you mine? Everything else is just a detail of life. And he says, There's one reason why this hasn't happened already. And it's the scoffers are saying, Where is God? You've been warning me, preacher, of these kind of things. I've heard it all of my life, and every day keeps going on. The sun rises, the sun sets, I go to bed. Everything moves on day to day as it always has. And so I'm not worried about it, and I don't believe you. Peter says, Oh. You forget that they said the same thing in the days of Noah and they weren't ready when the floods came. And he says, know this, that God's not slack concerning this promise. It's going to happen. He doesn't count slackness like you do that a couple thousand years or something. He says, but God is long-suffering and patient. He is not willing that any soul should perish. You know, we've had souls won to Christ in just the last couple months here haven't we as long as there is still somebody that needs christ and needs that soul saved god is long suffering and patient so that all should come to repentance and none should perish he doesn't want anyone to but the scoffers they laugh and say that's not that's not true but peter says know this the day of the lord will come to those that don't know the seasons like we've studied the last three weeks. They don't know the seasons. It's going to come upon them like that thief in the night. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements are going to melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works that are in it. And that means everything that you count as something that you like. You, anything that you've got your heart's desire and holds dear. Therefore he says this. And here's a purpose statement. Therefore. Seeing that all of this is going to happen. The fervent heat, the melting, and everything that you hold dear will be gone. Seeing that this is true. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? You should be walking in the light of God's word. It should be me and my house. We're serving the Lord. And not scoffing and saying, I ain't worried about the day that's coming. We should be mindful Not only mindful, look at what it continues to say up there. You're not only mindful that the day is coming. He says that you are hastening it. Your prayer should be, as Paul would say, come Lord Jesus, come. It should be hasten the day that we can get out of this place and go to be with you. Hasten the day. How many of you pray to hasten the day? You know, there's a crown that's laid up, it says, for those who loves the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be hastening the day. We should be saying, come on, Lord. But the Lord says, I'm waiting. There's a reason. I got some more people that's coming to me that's going to know my son. And he says, me in my house. <laughs> this whole world is going to be on fire. Look for and hastening the coming of the day of God in which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire. The elements will melt with fervent heat. And about that time, I had to take a rest because my fingers were nubs pounding on there. And I had to catch my breath and take a break. And then, and then, takes more than emotion, though, we said, didn't we? More of just, ah, I'm confessing it at the day and I'm going to go do what I want. No, look, here he goes. He put a monument up. Joshua, we're back to Joshua 24. And Joshua He's been bandering back with the people, back and forth. And they're saying, we will serve God. And he's saying, wait a minute. You're making a commitment. Do you realize what you're saying? Didn't we tell you we're going to serve God? And he goes, okay. You've made a confession, and you've made a commitment, and everybody heard it. And here's what he does up there. Joshua, he takes takes that... uh, that huge rock there's a huge rock that's standing there and he says i'm going to make a monument because not only did the lord god hear you and did i hear you but the rocks everything heard heard you and there's a huge rock underneath the oak tree over here that heard your commitment to god and you are your own witnesses against yourselves of what you said that you will serve the Lord and you, will, you know he's a jealous God and that he's holy and he'll come back and bite you if you don't. And you said we know and we will serve him and we will walk. And so here's a stone and this huge stone is going to be a monument to you that you made that commitment and you need to remember it. It's there to remind you of this. And then... I lost my place, so I'm trying to catch up, make sure I don't miss something. It will be the witness for you and your inheritance. It's a stone that was under the tree, and this is where the Lord started getting to me. This is the new thing that I learned as I went through here, and I'd prayed, Lord, show me some new things. I didn't know He was going to do it. But He says, You've made that same commitment too, to Christ. And I want you to know something. That stone that they looked at, we got a stone, don't we? In John 20, Mary was going out to the garden. They had crucified the Lord on a what? Tree. They crucified the Lord on a tree and it said, Cursed is every man who is crucified upon the tree. And there was the tree. And they took our Lord off of the tree and they wrapped him And they put him in a tomb. And you remember what they did with the tomb? Didn't they though? They rolled a huge stone into the front. The last slide on here, I'm going to share something else with you. But know this, that whenever they do that, this stone is huge. It takes several men to be able to move it. And one of the reasons why is because they always put it in a trough so that it can't come out there's a trough so deep cut to the size of the stone and it's downhill into some rocks over here so that the stone when they roll it in place they talk about rolling the stone it's not a round ball type stone it's a flat like millstone and the flat part of it in the it's like a wheel And they roll the stone and it's carved in the rock slightly downhill. So that the stone will roll down and smack into the rock of the mountain that supports it. And you can't hardly move it because you're pushing that thing uphill. But not only did they try to keep the Lord in the grave. By rolling the stone in front of the tomb. But you remember that the the Jewish leaders went to Pilate himself and said, remember, he said he was going to try to raise again. And if somebody takes his body and they say that he's resurrected, it's going to be worse than before. So we need to make sure that nobody gets there. And he says, do whatever you got to do. So not only do they roll the stone, they go out and they hire 16, a, a centurion of guards sixteen Roman guards to guard the tomb, and they seal it with the seal of Pilate and of Rome, and they sealed the rock, they rolled the stone, and they got guards posted so that the Lord's body can't get out of the tomb. And Mary goes there that morning thinking they didn't do a good job in anointing my lord they had to do a quick job to get him in there before the holy day and before evening i've i've got to be able to do it but how am i going to get to him because there's a stone rolled in the way you remember in john 20 as she's going up there she looks and the stone has been rolled away and it says in mark 16 that she she's thinking these thoughts how am i going to roll that stone away how can i get there and do that how can i get to my lord and to anoint his body better because there's a stone that's rolled that's sealed and guarded that was her thoughts mark 16 says but she tops the hill and sees the stone open you know how the stone got open by the power of god resurrecting jesus christ from the dead he's arose and And then it says this, you got to go to Matthew 28 to find out what happened. In Matthew 28, the Lord had already risen. That grave couldn't hold him. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. It couldn't hold him, but as he resurrected from the dead to show everybody that no grave could hold him down, it says that the earth began to quake. Now, who's the only person that can cause an entire earth to quake? right and it's by what power it's by the Lord's power and he had an earthquake to show that it's by my power it's not by your might not by your will but my power saith the Lord my power shakes the earth and then it says an angel from the presence of God swoops down comes down and this angel takes probably his pinky finger and rolls that stone away. And hallelujah, he's sitting on top of the stone with a grin when Mary comes up over the top of the hill that morning and he's grinning and said, Why are you seeking? I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified and put in here, but he's not here any longer. Why are you seeking the dead among the living? He's a rose. Go back and tell everybody that stone is a monument. When it's rolled away of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of God to save. We like to wear crosses. We talk about the cross. The cross is the symbol of forgiveness. The stone is the monument to the covenant of God that you're going to be resurrected. Praise God. And all of that flooded me this week and I just could not get over it. And then, because it came from looking at Joshua 24 all the way back, he says, you're making a covenant with God. In Romans 6, we made the same covenant, because all the way up through Romans 1 through 5, God's saying, the wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But praise be to God that when you were the enemies of God, Christ died for you. Therefore, there is no unrighteousness. There is nothing that can hold you back now when you are in Christ Jesus. And then he says this, grace reigns through righteousness. But then the people said just what Joshua was trying to tell them. We can continue in sin that grace may abound. And Paul says, God forbid. Uh Uh-uh. Don't you know that when those of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into His death, that like as Christ was what? Raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even though now you walk in newness of life, serving Him And you, this is a monument when you do that. It is your confession that I am walking with Him in newness of life in the hopes that just as Christ was resurrected from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also will be resurrected with Him when He decides to come and take His own. And we have a monument to that. And that's an empty grave with a stone that was rolled away. Joshua is saying to them, you've made a commitment. Don't turn your back on God whenever He has given you all of this goodness and you're eating the goodness of His hand. Don't go back to your old man, the old ways that you had across the river and before the water. You persevere on and you make a commitment. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord our God. Come on now with it. Are you ready? So seeing that then. And this covenant relationship that we're in. I want you to know about blessing and cursing. And about five cycles of discipline. Because there's a way. This, this is a, now we're into a teaching part. There's a way that you can tell. If God's blessing a nation. If the people of God. Is doing what God desires him to do and walking in the ways of God there's and that people makes up the nation and when that is happening correctly there is things that God has given us as clues as to whether we are walking and being blessed or we're not walking and we're getting some some discipline from God out of it discipline is always just as when we discipline a child discipline is always so that they will do what's right and not get themselves in trouble isn't it so when god disciplines it's so that you will realize that you're doing something you shouldn't and we need to get back on the past so turn with me to leviticus 26 if you would this is such an important teaching and it's a backbone to realizing the truth about society and about god and what he expects leviticus chapter 26 it's called the law of blessing and cursing and within it is the five cycles of discipline and it says this if you're there with me in leviticus 26 moses gave them this covenant relationship and this dissertation as they was getting ready to enter the land and what joshua was doing in 24 was saying god's Held up his end of the bargain. Now it's time for you to hold up your end. And here's what Moses told him when you go into the land that God's going to give to you. You're going to walk with God. Don't make idols for yourself, he says in verse 1. And and just know that that's anything that you hold to be near and dear in your heart. And and it comes sometimes in, in place of God. And you do it even though you know you shouldn't or you have it. It says, don't make idols for yourself. Don't have any pillars or what? Yeah. Images of stone or engraved stones. Why? Because I'm your rock. And here's your monument to that rock. The Lord Jesus is our rock. And that stone rolled from the grave is your memorial to the covenant. Don't make you any other graven images. Don't take another stone and carve something on it. You are mine. He says, I, because I am the Lord your God. You remember me. You walk in my statutes, keep my covenants, and perform them. So here you've got all of those little details. Now, you know there's ten commandments, but there's about 600 statutes and ordinances that went on through there. And so God's saying even the small things are important. Even the small things, even when no one's there watching you. And he says... If you love my word and you want to follow me and my commandments and you do that, here's what I want you to know. I'm going to uphold my end of the bargain. If you do it, I will give you rain in your season and the land shall yield its produce. That's economy. They lived under an agriculture economy. That means you're going to eat, you're going to be able to sell it, you're going to make money and the your life and the agriculture and your prosperity will continue in that blessing oh I'll give you the rain and the land will yield the crops the trees and the field shall give you their fruit your threshing will last until the time of vintage of the grapes then the time of vintage until the time of your sowing and then it just continues I will bless you cycle for cycle year in and year out I will bless you You will eat of your bread in fullness. You will dwell in your land of safety. Now you're having peace. You got prosperity. And now you're beginning to have peace. I will have you living in your land in peace. You shall be able to lie down. And none will make you afraid. How many of you lock your doors at night now? Especially if you live in some of the cities where there's rioting going on. Right? It's people in peace right now and lying in bed in peace and not worrying about anything no I, god says if you're walking in my ways i'll give peace in the land i can remember when i was a kid we didn't lock our doors dean did you used to lock the doors when you was a kid No. Yeah. somehow time's changing i wonder why maybe it's because this land and the people aren't walking with god He says, I will give you bread, protection. You will lie down and no one will make you afraid. And I will rid the land of evil beasts. I'm going to get to that in a minute because it's going to talk about when the evil beasts come. So I'll just wait. We'll get to that then. Just know that the evil beasts don't mean probably what you think it does right now. But I will also rid the land of evil beasts. And the sword, which is warfare, will not go through your land. And here's how I will bless you. You will be able to chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you can chase a hundred, and a hundred of you can put ten thousand to flight. That means God's power is behind you, isn't it? And he's doing some work for you. He's taking care of business. David prayed to the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the army. So then he says, they shall fall by the sword before you. You know, there's been times that there was an encampment of hundred and eighty-five thousand around the walls of Jerusalem one night and the people inside was wondering how they were going to get out of here because Sennacherib's army is mighty and they wake up the next morning and there's 185,000 soldiers laying dead out there that the angel of the Lord had smitten. God says, I'll fight for you when you turn and you walk with me. He said, and when you do, they will fall by their own swords in front of you for I, listen to this, God says, I will look favorably upon you. I will make you fruitful. I will multiply you. And I will confirm my what? Covenant with you. We're in a covenant relationship with God when we accept him. And he says, I will always confirm my covenant with you. But will you confirm yours with me? Because he goes on. You will eat of the old harvest. And you'll have to try to clear it out because the new harvest is coming in. My wife, bless her heart. When I come to her with a bucket of stuff from the garden and I like to sing, I come to you bringing gifts, bearing gifts, and I get this look. (laughs) When you still got the old harvest and you're bringing in the new, you got to do something with it, don't you? God says when you're walking with me, you're going to have the old harvest there and a new harvest is coming in and you're like, "How we got to eat up, we got to get rid of this because the new stuff's coming. I will look favorably upon you. It'll be coming. I will set, now get this, I will set my tabernacle with you. It means God's bringing his holy place to you and he wants to dwell with you when you want to dwell with him. That equals out to fellowship. He wants to have fellowship and worship with us. And he says in verse 12, I will walk among you. And I will be your God and you will be my people. That's possession. We've got protection, prosperity, peace, and now his own possession. He's given you all of that by saying you're in a covenant relationship with me. And I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land your former way of life. That you shouldn't be slaves no longer. I have broken those bands of your yoke and I've made you to walk upright. And now, uh-oh, <laughs> now that's the, the blessing. Verse 14 starts the other side. Listen, but if you do not obey me and you do not observe all of these commandments, and now listen to this, because these are down to the little bitty fine points of the law of God. If you despise my statute and your souls abhor my judgments, those are the little things loving those that don't deserve to be loved praying for those that despitefully use you type of things that god's told us to do he says if that rubs you raw and goes against your grain a little bit or even my big commandments you don't follow and you don't perform them but you break my covenant relationship with you god never breaks it it's always up to us he always keeps his covenant he said But I will do this to you now get this you don't hear folks teaching this kind of stuff anymore if you don't do this I will even appoint terror over you and wasting diseases and fevers that will consume eyes and cause sorrow of the heart fear and sickness how much fear and sickness has been going on the last six months How many people are still afraid? You ever walked in someplace without a mask and people look at you like you're crazy? Yeah, and I'm not saying nothing bad about the masks, but I'm just saying that there is some fear going along too, rightfully so. But the thing is, is the fear that is out there He says, I'm going to put terror over you with diseases. And that's why we're having to wear the mask is because there is a real thing out there that's been going on. Now, it's morphing now from what I understand from the scientists that as this thing has morphed and evolved, it's becoming less and less violent. In the first, it was pretty bad, but it's kind of fading out a little bit. Don't be surprised if something else gets introduced here pretty soon to put the fear and terror back into you so that we can be controlled. But that's for another time to see. It says, I will appoint fear and terror over you and disease. And you're going to have sorrow of heart over all of this. You will sow your seed in vain and your enemies are going to eat it. You know what? I remember... One time a preacher was preaching on Shama and the pea patch. And it was talking about one of the great men of David. And it talked about how that every year the people down there would plant their lentils, their pea patch. And every year the, the people of Gath and the Philistines and all of those would wait until it was harvest time. And they had gotten the first little bit of it. But when the whole big batch of it was ready to harvest these raiders would come in they they let you do the work and then they reaped the reward and left you hungry so that you had to go then and buy from them and look to them and there was this man shama this had happened several years in a row and one of David's mighty men said ain't no pea pickers picking my peas anymore And so whenever these guys started to come over the hill and all the rest of them were afraid and trembling, said, oh, you can't stand in front of them. Shammah says, I'm going to stand in front of them by the word of God. And he went out there and he battled against them and he turned their tail and their hiding. And everybody, kind of like David with the giant, was jumping up and, and then they started chasing too. But the thing is, he trusted in God and God won the victory. When you don't, they, you sow your seed and someone else is going to reap your rewards and come and take it from you and that's part of how you know you're not doing it i verse 17 will set my face against you and that's where i was really going with the lesson and wanted to talk about daniel and we'll get to that one day i'm sure but i will but it brought me to this that God says I will set my face against you so remember that about setting your face setting your purpose of mind and heart and you will be defeated by your enemies remember he just promised you a while ago that five could chase a hundred and a hundred ten thousand he said now but they will chase you and that you will flee when one pursues you And after all of this, see, that was cycle one. When those things are happening, cycle one of your walking away and God trying to bring you back is happening. Now, in verse 19, cycle two starts. If Or verse 15, if after all of this you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more. Wow. (laughs) I don't even want that. I don't want seven times more to you i will then he goes on verse 19 i I slide down to there i will break the pride of your power i will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze that means no food drought i i promised to send the rain to you in its season now i'm saying if there's drought look out your heaven will be like iron nothing can get through your earth hard as bronze your strength your work your plowing your sowing It'll be all in vain. Your land will not produce nor your trees and land yield their fruit. I don't know about you, but none of my peach trees and things worked out this year because there was a late frost and it took everything that I had. I don't know about you. I will also send wild beasts among you. I told you I'd get back to this wild beast sent among you. The word for beast is kai. And if you ever heard of that, or like in Chinese, it's qi. It's life, living things. It can mean animals. But what it means, and you can go to like the, uh, in the Gospels, in the epistles to Peter and to Jude, it talks about how men are like wild beasts when they turn away from God. They act like animals. So when people begin to act like animals is what this is saying the the living things act like animals when when men like act like animals i will send them against you they're the wild beasts among you that's kind of what we're seeing today isn't it we're seeing people acting like animals out there burning and pillaging it says this the thing that separates a man from a living being beast is the depredation of the mind that has rejected the authority of god and his word and it's being displayed in their evil and wicked deeds so god will allow the reprobate minds to not be restrained by authority any longer but to go about in violence now if that doesn't sound fitting today i don't know what is and they shall rob you of your children destroy your livestock make you few in number and your highways will be desolate and if by all things these are not reformed and by me and you walk contrary to me I will walk contrary to you and seven times more will be for your sins and I will bring now the sword now we're getting into that was number three when it gets down to wild beasts Number four is where Jerusalem was in the times of Christ. Number four is where there's been a war or a takeover. And you are no longer under your own nation's authority. But you are serving someone else. They were under Roman authority at the time. And it says this in cycle four. I am no longer going to walk in your ways when you're contrary to me. And I will punish you more. And I will bring the sword and war that will execute the vengeance of our covenant. And when you are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence among you, and you shall be delivered into the hands of your enemies. And when I have cut off your supply of bread, it's going to come about that the women shall break their bread, that ten women will bake their bread in one oven, and they shall bring it back by weight, and so that you shall eat and not be satisfied. And I remember a passage that says something when the horse is riding out and it's saying something about that uh, the wheat for a day's measure and three measures of, for a day's wages and three measures of barley for a day's wages and so a day's wages only buys one measure of bread and you'll eat but not be satisfied because you didn't have enough for your family. It's part of what God says is a part of you should have been listening to me and coming back to my way. So Verse 27, cycle number five. This is what happened in Jerusalem in 70 AD when they still didn't turn back to God and repent. And they walked away. Then the, the temple was destroyed brick by brick, and the nation of Israel was scattered abroad. Listen to verse 27. After all of this, if you do not obey but you walk contrary, then I walk contrary to you in fury. Oh, it's stepped up even more now in fury. Wow. And even I will chastise you seven times more for your sins. You will eat the flesh of your sons. You shall eat the flesh of your daughters. And I will destroy your high places, which was their new idols and monuments and places of worship. And I will cut down your incense altars. And I will cast your carcasses on lifeless forms of your idols. And my soul will abhor you you ever heard that about god they don't they don't talk about that today on tv anymore do they my soul will abhor you and you're going to be eating flesh and i will lay your cities waste and i will bring your sanctuaries to desolation and i will not even smell the fragrance of your aromas that means your prayers your worship ain't no good right now to me It, it now you've went too far I abhor it I won't even turn and I won't smell it I won't have anything to do with it but I will bring your land to desolation your enemies will dwell in it and that's when the fifth cycle and when Rome conquered it and everyone else came to live there in that land and I will scatter you among all the nations and draw out a sword after you and you'll be desolate I don't think we want to get to four and five, do we? I think we're touching on the first three. I don't want to see four and five for me or my family. So that means it starts at home, doesn't it? And for every family in this nation, it starts at home that me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And when every house begins then to serve the Lord, God says this. After all of you are there left, he goes on to tell about the absolute terror and how frightened you will be that... A leaf on a tree will shake, and you're you're thinking it's someone after you to get you, and you'll be in such fear. He says this though down there in in verse forty. But and if they confess their iniquities and the iniquities of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they have walked contrary to me, and that I also walk contrary to them, you realize that God's not blessing this situation any longer. And now you say he's walking away from me because I walked away from him. And they begin to inquire of me and pray to me. Then he says this. If their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and you accept your guilt. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. (laughs) You've been acting like Jacob. But I'll remember that it was with him first I made my covenant. And my covenant then with Isaac. And my covenant with Abraham I will remember And I will remember your land. So I pray that we as a body of Christ realize. God has five cycles of discipline. That there is a law of blessing and cursing depending upon. Is me in my house serving the Lord God. Or are we walking in our own ways of Jacob. and our old lifestyle before the river and before the water. Soon I'll share with you another way that we can tell. And that's out of Romans chapter 1. And we'll see that we're well within Romans chapter 1, 2. Meanwhile, we've covered a lot of ground. Come on back up, praise team. I hope that today's message, we've we've learned Psalm 84, that to be in the house of God and to dwell in it is such blessing and that the Lord will fight for you and he will be your strength, your shield, your prosperity, and your peace. We will dwell in the house of the Lord. One day in the house of God is better than a thousand days in, in the pleasures of sin for a season. That's what they said about in the, in the chapter of faith in uh, Hebrews 11 about Moses. He was in Pharaoh's court. He was a prince. And it says that he saw not fit to spend a season in pleasure. But he chose rather to suffer with the children of God. This is what David was saying too. We saw God's covenant with us. He blesses, he protects, he prospers, he he has peace. We are his possession. As for me and my house, let's serve the Lord. Let's make that commitment. We've already had a monument to that, haven't we? That right there. You see how the stone is on a slant and it comes over and hits the rock and it covers We got a monument to the covenant that God's made with us. And the promise he's going to resurrect us unto eternal life. We got to follow him. If you have been baptized into Christ. And and made that covenant relationship. Today's the day that we leave here saying me and my house are going to serve the Lord. If you haven't already made that commitment in this memorial. Today's your day to do that. And we've got clothes here and towels. And you're going to leave in your dry clothes but you can go in and you can say i believe i confess in faith i want this monument to be mine i want to be raised up with the promise and the hope of eternal life you need to come up and do that today if you've not already done that as well and the stone was rolled away we talked about that god is faithful to his covenant and to the nation that serves him and it begins at home with us let's pray Father we did not realize all of that when we started this thing but we praise you as our God the God of a covenant who will always keep his covenant and his part and father I pray that upon each and every person that is here today that it's not just a one-day thing it's a lifestyle and me and my house will serve the lord i pray that the commitment is more than with voice but it's with perseverance it's with a setness of mind and heart that we go about this and i pray father that it begins with us and it spreads to others and so that not only will our house but our families. And then our cities and states and nation return to thee, Father. And that you will not no longer walk against us. But you will be for us in every way. That you will send enemies fleeing. That we will be trying to eat the old harvest when the new harvest is coming in. That we can lay down our heads at night in peace and not worry about disease. Not worry about enemies. Not worry about people who are like wild beasts so father we pray that it begins with us and it and it ends with you blessing us through that covenant relationship as your possession and may we dwell in the house of the lord forever and may you continue to strengthen us and guide us as we desire to keep our end of the covenant in jesus name amen